Nerdism, Deadly here, Hi. and today we have a very special guest on the show, Tommy Chommy Wits, the Bronte Hellman with a sporting pedigree, almost unequaled his family, absolute freaks on the sporting field, brother Chris, captain of the Wallabies rugby union team for a while, and uh, top grade cricketers, and there's nothing the Whitakers couldn't do, but uh, Tom himself, a CT Charger had good results. Probably one of the few surfers with a high percentage win ratio against the great goat himself, Kelly Slater. Tom, of course, now is a top-line surf coach. And amongst his charges are none other than the, quote, seven times world champion Steph Gilmore and Kanoa Igarashi and Griffin Colapinto, who are doing battle to nab a qualification place for the Rip Curl Was Finals. This is a huge event, not just for those surfers, but for Tommy, who is going to somehow guide these surfers into that position to surf for the world title. It's a massive event. Enjoy this chat. You'll get some amazing insights into the mental preparation needed for these top-line athletes as they take on the mighty Joppo. First of all, buddy, congrats on a fucking stellar year. You have had a ripper. Steph, Griff... Big wins, Kanoa within reach of qualification. Uh, but no doubt, mate, this one is a big one. This is a monster for you. Uh, at best, you could have all three of your charges heading into the Was finals at Trestles. At worst, all three could slip out. How are you sleeping? I'm sleeping very well, mate. I got my mozzie net set up perfectly, like Richie Lovett used to in the old days. Always a good good start. Make sure the bodies aren't getting you. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of them. No, mate, we're, we're, we're actually really cruisy and relaxed. We're just finding out the kinks in the lineup, but there's no surf anymore, so that stuff's done. Um, I mean, I don't know. Someone said it to me the other day in the interview. They're like, it would be a disaster if this happens. I said, it's not a disaster, dude. Mm. People dying in war is a disaster. You know, volcano people, like, like you just said, the year that these guys have had already, we've learnt so much. Like Griff's got his first couple of wins. Steph came back from a pretty deep place after COVID in Hawaii and missing pipes. He was pretty disillusioned by competitions. And so it's been it's been a fun journey. And to be where we are right now is exactly where we planned and wanted to be. Yeah, Obviously, man. That's... It's nicer to be up higher. But, you know, we wanted to be in the top five and we're right there. Perfect. Yeah, it's a good point you make, man. Like, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, you know, winning and losing heats in surfing, it, it's it's not really something that is going to uh, stay with you when you're in your later life, I don't think. <laughs> I hope not. Um, mate, let's start with Steph, because uh, despite, you know, a few ups and downs throughout the year, I, I feel like she's just a different surfer compared to, you know, the surfer we saw on uh, Make or Break. That series kind of really showcased... I guess uh, a period of her life where she didn't know whether she was good enough to be there, so her confidence was low. I mean, this year she, despite what you said, you know, getting that sort of rough start, she, she when she hit top gear, she looked 
so good. And I was just wondering, uh, you know, what have been the areas of, of improvement that you've been working on with Steph to get her back into that champion mindset? Ah, oh, mate, obviously it's my first year with Steph. So it, we really are just sort of scratching the surface with each other and getting to know each other and how we both work and where what buttons I kind of need to push and what buttons I lay off. Um, I think she's got a really nice network around her with a with her boyfriend Harry, mm. super down to earth and honest and and just keeps it real. And I think she's she's inspired by the young chicks. The, the young girls are ripping and they're, and they're bringing it. So um, she's found that she's found some really nice boards and work. She's always working really well with Hanley. So you know, it's, it's like every year, it's just putting the little chess pieces together mm. and. And letting it happen rather than trying to force it too much. And, and I bring my little bits and pieces of coaching of what I think individually they need. But it's more it's more getting the whole picture dialed and getting it on where you want to go, how do you want to compete, and how do we get to that point. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, that mate. Uh, you mentioned before, you know, you've learned so much, uh, especially this year with your coaching, but... I mean, do you bring those elements of, of your love for all sport into your sort of, uh, I don't know, guidance? Uh, and, and, you know, ha- like I guess with someone like Steph, if there's been a criticism of her, it's been that, you know, she, she can't motivate herself when the conditions aren't up to scratch or whatever. And I, I just couldn't help but picture you kind of doing like uh, the classic footy shed halftime spray and getting her into a sort of a competitive mindset when those <laughs> sorts of things present themselves. But I mean, is, is it as simple as that? Like, are you able to, to, to lean on that sort of, I guess that long history with love and all sport and, and being from a sporting family, obviously with your brother, Chris captaining the Wallabies and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you've got so much to draw upon. Is it, is it that simple for you or is it actually more personal and actually knowing what's going to work for these surfers? Oh, that's that's what coaching is. I've got so lucky to have some pretty amazing coaching mentors. Like you said, my two brothers, you know, lead the way. I've got an awesome sort of business career advisor, a mentor, and Adam Francis. And then you know, I've worked with Fitzgibbon and Robert the Roosters, who, and every single one of these guys that mentored me comes back to being good humans and finding out the good in the human and, and connecting. And that's where you start. So coaching relationships don't start without, you know, the love for each other and finding a really nice spot to be. And then the truth can come. But uh, with Steph, we don't have to have many truths. We talk about Tommy Radonikas slapping it in the face before games sometimes with a boyfriend, Harry, because he's a, he's a sports tragic just like me. So <laughs> there's a lot of that talk going around. But she's motivated to rip, dude. She's motivated to to build on her legacy and she's motivated to, to get better and it's so it makes my job easy I mean mm. working with working with the best female athlete surfing's ever seen in my eyes um, it's it's more about finding what motivates her to get better and what she wants to work on and then she's all for it she loves it mate I it's just... funny I think that that, that that little attitude that little prelude about sort of the motivation for waves. I think she falls in a bit of the Parker. I remember with Parker, we used to go, mate, can you just try a bit harder? And he's like, I do try as hard as I can. <laughs> but, I think they just, <laughs> but 
I think they just look so effortless and they surf so beautiful. Mm. It just comes across maybe a little bit lethargic. But most definitely, you know, we, we talk about attitude and, and being in the spark and, and all this kind of stuff. And you no, know, it's been fun. Mate, I just love the image of you in the sheds like those WSL uh, locker rooms just slapping Steph's face as hard as you can get it up for a heat. The best part, it, w- it wouldn't be me. It'd be, it'd be a boyfriend, Harry. Oh. It'd be sick. I'd be Vensu to it. Oh, the workers would go ballistic if they saw that, mate. That's a big no-no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, Steph's in fourth, right? So um, what's her prep been like just for this event in particular, you know, this is uh, this is the big one in terms of just locking it away. Uh, backhand reefs haven't traditionally been her strongest, you know, area for for big wins and big results. So, what have you guys been focusing on? It's been a shame, really, because she came quite early. She had a Roxy trip and surfing Australia, and she came dedicated for sure to the cause. But the swell and the wind and the weather's been quite terrible. Mm. So she, you know, it's just been it's just been learning the reef, learning lineups, learning like directions of little waves and what you're looking for, and and a little bit of body position. And she adapts so quickly. Like she's one of those gifted athletes that can read the ocean and feel the ocean in it. And a lot of the time, you kind of point things out and then you just let them run with it because they have their own feel and their own read on it. Mm. And then it's just a little guidance from there. So we'll keep doing that. Keep uh, practicing that line entry into the barrel because that's going to be pretty important. So hopefully they get some fun little ways where the ladies get to showcase. They've all been out there flopping. So it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Wish they had a bit more to practice in. Yeah, for sure. And and just finally on on Steph, mate, I know um, it's foolish to, to, you know, look ahead, but given... uh, you know, her results this year and, uh, like I said, that sort of uh, – it just seems quite obvious that her headspace is very different to last year based on, um, you know, the make-or-break series. So, I mean, am I right in saying from from your perspective that if she gets into that top five, like, it's going to be, like, fucking on, like like Donkey Kong? Like, it just feels like she is – <laughs> Like based on you know the disappointment that we saw in that series of her getting an early exit, it feels to me like she's way tougher and way more ready if she if she can just hold on to that position for the world's finals. Uh, to be honest, Vorno, I literally haven't watched one show of Make or Break, but I know where you're coming from, mm. and I was going to say, <laughs> I hundred percent talking to her. Um. She learnt a lot from the final series last year, and there's definitely a hurt there. Of just not being able to perform, not you know, it, it, that's pretty tough. Make the top five, get out there with a chance, and just maybe misread the ocean and misread her opportunity, and not and not being able to perform, and all of a sudden it's done, and you're like, damn, it's just like it's like when you lose a heat, and the, the first thing you want is that that chance to surf another heat. Mm. I think it's a real, it's a really nice feeling to have. You go, you free yourself out and up, and you can really go rip in. So definitely try and you know clue in a little bit of that feeling, without a doubt. Mm. Um, That's funny, mate. Like Liam O'Brien just said that about the uh, Challenger series last year. He loved that each event just backed straight onto the next one, and that there wasn't all this time to think. 
he just loved that if you got a bad yeah. result, you'd rinse it off. You had a comp the next week, and you could go and improve and, and really Redemption. like put to put to task all the things you'd learned. Redemption heat, big it's time a bit of anger. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's. Uh, that's uh, a great insight on Steph, mate. Thanks for that. And um, I'm sure you know we're. I just can't believe we're sort of in a position where people can still underestimate her, you know, given all that she's achieved. But, yeah, I think we're all, you know, we're just, fuck, we all want to see her make that finals. I think, uh, you know, we're we're in this golden time where the top five has been the top five for a long time. And there's a couple of, you know, journey people in there, journey women like uh, Tatiana and Joanna who's going to just be going so hard after it. Uh, It just could be the best ever women's world title showdown, I reckon. She, she just deserves really to fun. be there. It's going to, be, it's going to be really, really fun, for sure. Mm. we go toe-to-toe. All right, so what about the fellas, uh, Griff and Kanoa? I mean, this you must be flashing back to Mick and Joel 2009 because uh, you, you've got two guys here that are, you know, mates, grew up just down the road from each other, round about the same age, sort of hitting their straps at the same time, same coach, obviously. How's the energy between those two? Yeah, they're, they're legends. They love it. They're super competitive. And like I said, the goal was to all be in the top five, put our best foot forward, and then win a world title on a day. So they're funny. They're relaxed. Obviously, the swell's still a while off, so, so they're kind of cruising. Same thing, chicken boxes. Keeping active, it's, they're having fun little jokes. Like Kanoa's kind of like, mate, you're just a number to me at this point. <laughs> He's like you're number five. <laughs> that guy there's number four. Behind me is number six. Whatever. Mm. Like, so, so they're having a little giggle about it. And and realistically, it's not like I don't think unless it's later in the event, it could happen. But you know, matching up is a small percentage mm. directly with seeding. So. Um, it could come down to that, which would be rad, but hopefully, for our sake, they're on different sides of the jaw and other, other results go our way and we push ourselves deep in the event and we all end up at lowest battling for that number one spot rather than the number five spot. Yeah, and I mean, this... That's the big goal. That's the big picture. Exactly. And then, yeah, we're probably a, a contest too premature for, for the, the question that I just asked you, but... Just uh, in terms of Griff, mate, like two big wins this year, like breakthrough year for him. Uh, but he's also been really open about how quickly doubt can get into his head. Uh, how have you been managing that? I mean, uh, you're saying he's relaxed and that they're joking around, but uh, are you sort of keeping an eye on the on the fact and having that dialogue where you're just sort of keeping him on that front foot and, and, and the mission sort of solely in focus? Absolutely. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm employed to do. Yeah. To love and care and to ask those questions. So, yeah, we have a chat most days. How are we at? Where are we at? What, what, what games your head playing today? And mm-hmm. how do we work around it? How do we accept it? How do we work with it? How do we use that, you know, to make it a positive? Mm. And, and, and it's a lot of that breakdown. It's like, mate, I remember coming back from Hawaii with you, dude, and the whole of San Clemente, every time we got a question, everyone was saying, Griff, don't worry, mate, you'll get back on tour. Like they thought he was off tour after two events in Hawaii. Yeah, because Conor O'Leary did a filthy big floater at sunset for a nine-point ride, and like I'm like, mate, think how many thought you were off tour after two events. All of a sudden, we've got two wins. You're in the top five. 
it's an amazing year no matter what. I'm so proud of what you've done and what we've achieved and how much we've learned and the journey that let's just go hard at it. Let's put our best foot forward and, and whatever there will be. Mm. Mm. And then Kanoa, uh, he, he strikes me as this kind of like almost like wolf prowling around on the fringe of the forest, you know, just waiting for someone to turn their back. Um, what's his sort of, you know, headspace like and and just attitude like at, at this point? I mean, I can't imagine anyone having more drive. We all saw how insanely disappointed he was with a silver medal at the Olympics. <laughs> what's his uh, What's his strategy with Kanoa for this event? Because he wants it so bad. I mean, it must be almost like trying to pull him just back into his head a little bit so that it, it doesn't overwhelm him. I mean, I think we all know Kanoa is the ultimate professional, and the and he thrives on pressure. Like you only got to look at his performances at places like the Wave Four and Pipe. So he he lives for this. Like he plans and he trains and. Every little thing that he does is pointed towards events like this. So he's fired up. He's excited for sure. He he loves it. He loves the challenge. He loves pushing himself. He's already talking about where we're going to get better next year mm. as well as on top of this year. So that sort of gives you an insight to where Kanoa's at. We're already talking of, of things to work on and whatnot, moving forward, looking at schedules and spots and whatnot. So... It's fun. He's, he's constantly pushing me, which is an amazing place to be as a coach. And I'm trying to constantly push him with new ideas and new feelings and, and new things to work through. That's amazing, mate. And I, I just, one last question. The, the tail end of this, um, the tail end of the waiting period does look like it might ramp up into some pretty solid surf. And we both know that Kanoa and Griffin <laughs> not scared to send it, you know, have a real crack. Like, given what's on the line and and then that extra sort of element of huge heavy water, what would be your advice to keep their heads in the heat? Because, like, I, I just sense that with both of them, you know, that, that carrot just so close dangling there. Like, you could see some real kamikaze surfing going on and, and sort of a bit of, uh, I, I don't know, like, I wouldn't say mindlessness, but but the potential for sort of getting caught up in the energy of all that ocean and the moment, it, it could become, you know, interfere with good decision-making. Oh, you're spot on. Absolutely. I think I think you see it through every rookie and most competitors the first time they surf pipe or, or somewhere with a crowd or somewhere pushing where you want to push your limits and you want to prove yourself. You know, you, you little bit of decision-making goes out the window just a freaking charge. I know I... I struggled at pipe in my early career a lot because I was just taking whatever came instead of making a smart decision just, just to show that I could go. Mm. Um, so, you know, we've been there experience and we touch on it. Um, there's a lot going on at church too, dude. Like you said here, the, the line-up whistles, it shouts, it, it breathes at you. So, you know, we, we, we cover all those little dots and pieces and, They've got their breathing techniques and they've got all their specialties that we <laughs> that everyone works on. But the hard work's done, mate. The mindset for surfing heat is decided earlier on in the year. Mm. And that's what we work on. We work we work on a consistent feel and you know, we work on all this stuff earlier in the year. So if if we were coming here to work on stuff like that, we're we're behind the eight ball. Yeah. But we're not. These guys these guys know how they want to compete and what it's going to take and then it's just putting it in a place in that 30 minutes so 
Mate, we'll find it, out. It's got, but, uh, I, I plan on it. You know what it's got? It's got classic uh, rugby league semi-final feel about it. This event, and you, you know, often those semi-final games just shit all over any other game of the whole year because just there's so much on the line, but it's not quite where you want to be, and uh, it brings out some of the best performances that you see. So uh, I'm really hoping that's what uh, we, we get with this um, out and own comp. Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's hope the swell delivers so everyone can just put on a mad performance. Uh, good on you, Tommy. Well, uh, yeah, mate, I look forward to uh, having another catch-up after this event. Uh, best of luck for all your surfers, mate. And, um, yeah, again, congrats on an awesome year, man. So stoked for you. Thanks, VD. Catch you soon, legend. Catch you soon, brother. Competition surfing. Rashies. Pure Tour Nerdism.